1: i finished these fights.
2: Give me a hell yeah!
1: Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. Hey, what's up guys? Episode 55 of the Top Rope Nation podcast here on the air. I am Ryan Drosty of PopCulture.com. Joined by Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. Here to talk all things professional wrestling. This has been a huge week in the world of pro wrestling uh we got to talk wwe superstar shakeup definitely got to hit on uh bruno san martino which has been kind of a, a sad note this week but a, a good chance to kind of relive a legendary career so we're going to talk about him but first off i got to talk to my guys justin what's going on tonight how are you doing
2: i'm good uh the baby started teething so i I'm, I'm kind of uh on edge right now waiting for him to wake up but i'm ready to talk some wrestling with uh with my buddies
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Kyle? Uh, yes, teething. Yes, we've got a couple teeth <laughs> in our little girl as well. But uh, hopefully, uh, I'm flying solo in the house with the baby this week. So hopefully, that um, my loud voice does not wake her up and I do not have to, uh, you
1: know, go be like John Cena at WrestleMania and just bolt all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> I think I should be.
1: If, if you hear some crying in the background, um, it's not Kyle reacting to Raw's superstar shakeup draft picks, it is uh, the baby. In the background, yes. so <laughs> we'll be talking about that. Rob yeah, versus. I was to say the, the monitor
0: is literally like
1: <laughs> a foot from the mic, so I don't know if that's the best, <laughs> you most guys, professional thing in the world, but whatever. Uh, I'm still de- I'm still dealing with teething with a two and a half year old, and uh, it is not fun. So Godspeed to both of you. Gotta say, you're just also,
0: just beginning. Also a foot from the mic, or less than a foot now. In my hand is a very lovely glass of scotch, which will. I believe, make this program even better than it uh,
1: should be on paper. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like your style, my man. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. By the way, check out our archive, topropenation.com. You can check out all 54 past episodes of the show, most of them pretty damn good. Uh, You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and leave us a rating on iTunes, five stars, if you like what we hear Or what you hear, I think uh, you will. So, guys, we got to talk about Bruno Sammartino and his death this week, which uh, stunned some people, I think. I mean, obviously, Bruno was getting up there in age, but I think most people thought he'd be around a little bit longer um, than he was, unfortunately. One of the biggest stars in professional wrestling history, no doubt about it. Um, Longest title reign in the history of the WWE. Uh, Was it eight years, I believe, Kyle? Yeah, the first one, yeah. Eight years uh, altogether, like 11 years, I think, between two reigns, which is just insane to think about. Yeah, that is the that's like Cy Young's uh, win total in baseball. That ain't getting broken.
0: No. Well, I guess the I guess the cumulative one could be, but yeah, nobody's <laughs>
1: in this day and age, it is impossible for somebody to hold the title for eight straight years. Yeah, right. Cause I think what Hogan had it for about four years when he lost in the 80s, and I think that's probably the second longest. Um, it, there's been
0: none longer since then. Backland had it longer than Hogan did. Okay. But yeah, Ho, Hogan was just over four. He won it in January of 84 and lost it in February of 88. That's since right. then, since then, like nobody's had it for long. I mean, what was it? I think like CM Punk is the longest. Yeah. I
1: think Punk is the longest in the modern era. Yeah.
0: I mean, so other than that, I mean, no one's even topped a year and a half. And, you know, Punk was in the, yeah, they were still doing the two titles then, right?
1: Uh, I don't, were they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah they, were. they were. Yes,
0: they were. Yes, they were. They sold the two titles then too. So
1: like, even then, like that kind of comes with a caveat. That's right. Because him and Brian had the belts at the same time. Yes. At one point. There so. was
0: that picture, wasn't like Evan Bourne, and they had like all that picture of like the least likely WWE champions of all time. I remember that. Now, yes. Yeah, that's right.
1: Well, Bruno kind of is the guy who helped uh, Vince McMahon's father. You know, really take the promotion, the at the time, the WWWF to the next level. And uh, one of the biggest sports stars of the 1960s. Uh, definitely has had a or had a tumultuous relationship with Vince McMahon and the company over the years. Uh, I would just start out by saying, if you guys aren't a subscriber to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer has an excellent bio on Sam Martino this week. Because Dave was pretty, pretty close to Bruno, so he's got some... Pretty interesting inside stories on Bruno, especially here in in his later years, and uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, reading it. But Kyle, what are your thoughts on the on the passing of Bruno Sammartino? Well, yeah, that bio was so good. I saw somebody wrote on Twitter that
0: uh, Dave's bio was so good it made you forget about that stupid tweet he had the the day
1: uh, earlier the day. Yeah, I I was going to bring that up too. That that was kind of in bad taste, like. I mean I know Dave's like a big fact check guy but I mean honestly the day that Bruno passed away do like, really I mean he could know. have re- he could have included it in the bio whatever it's water to the bridge it's not something that I want to rehash or argue or whatever it's well, if, you're, if you're not to sure happen. what we're talking about it was in regards to how many times Bruno actually sold out Madison Square Garden yeah and Dave's like Bruno was my friend but I have to point out that this sellout streak that everyone's been quoting in these articles is wrong. You know, <laughs> it's it like was, kind of an odd thing to say on the day the guy passed away. It,
0: it, it kind of lo- it kind of reeked of hey, look how much smarter I am than the mainstream outlets. But whatever, it was fine. It, it, Dave's bio was really good. I was anticipating it being good. and It actually exceeded my expectations. So, so kudos to that. Uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head with Bruno. You know, we have to talk about just how important he was to this promotion inarguably he's one of the three most important performers in the history
1: of the promotion oh Um, yeah he's going on the Mount Rushmore
0: yeah I mean you could make an argument for him being number one uh I'm probably not that person who could do it but uh there's an argument there uh you know he's certainly the most important of the Vince senior era uh there's no debating that whatsoever and there there would not be a WWE today without Bruno San Martino. I mean, you take really, I was thinking in terms of like an apples to apples comparison, who, who you could compare him to. And like Vern Gagne was the name that came into my mind simply for the reason, and Bruno compares favorably to Vern, by the way, I think that's something that everyone would agree on. But just in the sense that, you know, both the WWF and the AWA split from the NWA in the sixties and were essentially just built around, you know, the one champion. Now, Vern would lose the title more than Bruno did uh, in the AWA, but both were regional kind of promotions at the time. Not kind of, they were. WWF was still regional. Uh, but, you know, he was absolutely, Bruno, responsible for the WWWF, you know, thriving throughout the 70s. You know, when that was kind of a real roll the dice move to ostracize themselves from the NWA now I know they kind of went back for a time but you know Bruno put that promotion on the map and he had an emotional connection with the fans um, you know that no one today has I mean it was back then it was about going to Madison Square Garden or wherever the Boston Garden wanting to see Bruno win it wasn't about performance per se so maybe, People have talked about the cage matches. WWF, you know, was the one who did the escape the cage rules. And that was all done for Bruno, where he just beat the dog shit out of the heel and he'd walk out. That that was all set up for him. That's why they um, they had escape the cage rules. So, yeah, uh, you, you know, again, I, I just I, I don't see how anyone could claim he is any worse than the third most important person in history of the promotion. I know, I mean Hogan and Austin came about at times, you know, Hogan, you know, right when the company was going national, Austin company was obviously that had been national for a long time, but you know, the three of them are, are head and shoulders above everybody else in the history of promotion in terms of importance.
1: Uh Justin, so as far as your knowledge of Bruno, <laughs> Bruno San Martino goes, I think uh we're kind of on the same page here. I, I I know a little bit about Bruno. Obviously didn't grow up at the time to watch him um and I've done some research before the show to kind of catch myself up to speed. I understand his importance to the history of WWE, but as far as like his matches go, I'm only familiar with a couple of them. Um, what, what was your knowledge level uh, of Bruno Sammartino and your appreciation for one of the greatest of all time?
2: Well, as kind of the, the, uh, the layman Mark of the, the podcast, uh, if it happened before Cindy Lopper, I'm not really all that interested. Uh, but. I will say what I know of Bruno San Martino is that before there was John Cena, before there was Hulk Hogan, there was Bruno. Uh, and in the the group I think he was really most important to especially in New York was uh, the immigrant population. If you look in Twitter, you'll see a lot of people like like even Bruno Mars who points out that you know their dad was a huge uh, Bruno Sammartino fan. Um, so I, I, he really resonated with that that crowd and really the whole melting pot of New York. And you really couldn't have picked a better superstar um, for the WWWF back then to, to lead the company.
1: That's where Bruno Mars got his name, in fact. Yeah. Named after Bruno Sammartino. So I, I did see that Bruno Mars sent out a tweet. Uh, that was pretty cool of him to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bruno... Obviously, he he's kind of a northeastern legend, especially in his hometown of Pittsburgh. Um, listener of the show Anthony Valvo. I used to work with him at wrestleview.com. He is a big time Bruno San Martino fan and he's been posting some good stuff on on Twitter and Facebook this week about him, Pittsburgh legend. Um, one of the one of the things that's most interesting to me about Bruno is the falling out he had with the WWF in the 1980s and it was largely due to steroid use in the company and drug use being rampant in the company and this really put him at odds with Vince Mann for the next twenty plus years. Um and I just I, I find that period fascinating because Bruno was a big guy, but uh who was not a steroid user. Uh apparently his children were, including David, which kind of put him at odds with his kids in later years. I think he had no relationship with David, if I'm not mistaken. Um, after word came out about David's steroid use. Um, and then, obviously, one of Bruno's biggest rivals, superstar Billy Graham, who was a big steroid user. So you've, you've got the, uh, the clashing of, of the two superstars of the 1960s and Bruno and uh, the late 70s and, I guess, middle 70s, too, and superstar Billy Graham. So there's kind of a big contrast there in how uh, professional wrestling really changed from the 60s to the 80s and when you see Bruno and Billy Graham side by side that kind of represents that big change in in wrestling going into the the 1980s when you had the the big hulked up hulked up guys so yeah pardon the pun yeah pardon the pun exactly (laughs) yeah yeah, well Graham was certainly kind of
0: like the transition from the two eras you could say I mean Graham ever you know take a drink every time you hear someone say Billy Graham was ahead of his time. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Bruno, it was funny. He was, he was brought back as a commentator. He did championship wrestling. Um, and then he, I always found it odd, you know, I had forgotten sometimes that he, how long he lasted doing superstars with Vince and Jesse, because he would be so oddly quiet like he would never talk during the entire hour broadcast except a couple times like it would almost be like Vincent jesse would have to speak to him directly like hey bruno what do you think of that it was bizarre and you know it probably had a lot to do with the fact that by that time you know david had already washed out and bruno just probably didn't want to be there and whatever but um yeah, that that period—it's it, it, so odd when you read about you know how upset he was with the direction and his relationship with you know Vince McMahon, you know Vince McMahon Jr. That he was in that position so long that he would just you know when when I listen to Vince and Bruno on commentary, I can't help but think, what's going through Bruno's head right here? Like, I mean, how professional were they with each other? I mean, because they were a team from like '85 in the 88 yeah and um, it, it's just odd that you know they were able to to do that and, and be and come across as professional you wouldn't know really that there was that animosity just by listening to them on commentary yeah
2: um, i'll and, tell you what su- superstar billy graham needs to take a page out of uh, bruno's book and maybe stay a little bit quiet right now he, yeah he's, Br- he's had some bad takes Recently,
0: uh, Billy, God bless his soul, you know, has kind of had a career of bad takes sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, you know, uh, including with Bruno, um, you know, I actually interviewed uh, a buddy of mine reminded me that in a previous life podcasting life, I interviewed Bruno Sammartino. I sadly forgot all about that. And um at the time, and I hate this, I cannot remember what the controversy was. But Billy Graham, it's ironic that Justin just brought his name up, said something pretty stupid about Bruno and his family that he probably shouldn't have. And God, I wish I could remember what the commentary was about. But, um, yeah, I remember interviewing him at the time. Bruno was a super nice guy. Um, it was probably the only time in my life I've ever been nervous to interview somebody. All due respect to Liam from England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, theres you know, you talk about recommendations – um, there's a pretty solid collection on the network right now people could check out with all the 70s stuff. And, you know, as much as he hated Bruno himself, that 85 to 87 return, again, it's odd that he did some good stuff in there, uh, you know, with Piper, the infamous Boston Garden match, which I know Ryan Drosty should be creaming over, you know, because it was... <laughs> The Bears had just beaten the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And so they're working the boss. You know, everyone associates Bruno with MSG, but he was just as I mean, he was widely popular all over the Northeast, including Boston and Piper. It's a cage match with Bruno and Piper tapes all these Chicago Bears
1: posters
0: on the cage. And the crowd heat is like insane.
1: How have I never seen this? Oh, you've never seen that? I have never seen this.
0: It, it's on the network. It's February eighty six, Boston Garden. I'm oh almost ninety nine percent sure it's February. They did a three month feud at Boston Garden. There was like a tag match involving Orndorff and Orton, but I, I'm almost I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure it's February of eighty six. It's the main event. I know that shows on the network. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no. Piper he tapes up like Refrigerator Perry, uh, Jim McMahon posters, and and like the
1: crowd is like going batshit. So, (laughs) Kyle, you know you remember what I said to you when we were walking in the Superdome at at Mania, don't you? I commented stupid about the Chicago Bears. (laughs) Probably this is holy ground. This is where the Bears won the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and you know Bruno had that inclusion. Um, I mentioned that before. There was that tag team cage match, which I love, Uh, him and Tito against Adrian Adonis and Randy Savage. Uh, And he actually, people forget about this, had a small role in that famous randy savage ricky steamboat angle where savage dropped the bell on steamboat they don't it was something they rarely ever showed again after it happened but savage cuts this incredible promo at the end of the show where he's like he starts asking for the ketchup and mustard to put on the hot dog ricky steamboat and sam martino genuinely looks upset and just goes you slime you and just starts choking savage against the wall it's something you can find it on youtube that is not on the network uh but uh it's great stuff
1: i did find uh this is from four or five years ago there was a a list put together uh when bruno went into the wwe hall of fame uh someone on bleacher report here travis taylor it looks like he wrote a a piece on the five best Bruno Sammartino matches. And he's got at the top of the list Bruno and, and superstar Billy Graham from 1977. I'm not sure if it's on the network or not. Uh, looks like it's in August of 77. Uh, I guess Graham had defeated Sammartino in April to end his second title reign. And then this is a rematch from August, and supposedly it's one of his best matches.
0: I believe, I read in the Meltzer bio, Graham is the only guy to ever beat Bruno in a cage match.
1: Interesting. Well, I was thinking a second ago about um, talking about the animosity and them doing commentary between Bruno and Vince. And there was, speaking of The Observer, there was a good story in there about when Dave was on, I think, the Donahue show. Oh, that was a good, really good story. Yes. Yeah, I, I've seen this um, years and years ago, but i got to look this up again. But uh, it was all about, like, the, the drug and sex scandal going on with the WWF in the early 90s, like 92. And Dave's there, and he's supposed to be, like, the calm voice, the journalist – And he talks about it in the issue of The Observer this week, how they had got like their seating chart (laughs) for the show, and I guess Bruno was supposed to sit side-by-side with Vince McMahon, and the backstory is Bruno and Vince were on Larry King before this, uh, a few months prior, I think, and... I guess Vince was just lying through his teeth about what was going on in his company. And Bruno was actually telling the truth, but King kind of sided with Vince, and it really pissed off Bruno. And so when they, when they get to the Donahue show, and Bruno was supposed to sit side by side with Vince McMahon, he told the people, like, I can't sit next to him because if he, if he lies, I can't promise you that I won't punch him right then and there. <laughs> so... He ended- i love dave he's like well yeah i don't care what he says i won't hit him yeah so dave <laughs> sits next that. to vince mcmahon instead he he volunteered to move so <laughs> I, I thought that was funny pretty interesting story but uh bruno did make amends with the wwe obviously he was inducted in the hall of fame in uh 2013 i believe and far too late probably but you know like we said he was on the outs with the company um, i remember in Mike Tyson came in in 98 and they were always asking him who his favorite wrestling stars were. And he would always say Bruno Sammartino. That was like the first name. And even at that time, I knew that Bruno and, and WWF were not on good terms. And it was always kind of funny to, to hear him. That was always his first response. Bruno Sammartino, Bruno Sammartino. I, I think the raw where they did the famous Austin Tyson
0: pull apart. Uh, that Vince asked him that question, and Tyson yelled out, Bruno Sammartino, and Vince is just so awkwardly
1: sitting there like, okay, and moving on to my next question. All right, well, that's Bruno Sammartino, guys. Definitely check out his work on the WWE Network. Do some reading. Check out this week's Observer. I don't think you will regret it. All right, so we've got to talk this WWE Superstar shakeup that happened this week and how it impacted Raw and SmackDown. I have some pretty strong opinions of that. I wrote an article this week kind of talking about on popculture.com who came out ahead raw or smackdown and i think here we go <laughs> i think most of our listeners think smackdown came out way ahead just judging by our poll we put up on the twitter account at top pod i also think smackdown came out far ahead um, which is interesting because in the last few months you know i think raw has been the better show Uh, Up until Daniel Bryan's return, at least. And when we started the brand split, SmackDown was kind of in it at the beginning. Uh, Then SmackDown was for sure the better show for quite a while. But then over the last, I would say since last summer or so, Raw has really been the better broadcast. But uh, recently, SmackDown's recaptured some steam. And now, with the pickups they had this week on Monday and Tuesday night, I don't see how SmackDown isn't the A show. But... I'm going to go right away to Kyle because it sounds like you got some strong opinions on this. No, I actually don't have strong opinions on it, which
0: is <laughs> ironic. But
1: I thought maybe you disagreed with my article the way you uh, no. texted me about it earlier today.
0: No, no. it was. Um, so I'm just looking at it differently, I think, than most people. So in the sense that most people listening to this show, including the people doing the show, generally prefer the people – that went to SmackDown and don't like the people that went from SmackDown to Raw. Okay. Yeah. You can say SmackDown quote unquote one, but I'm looking at a big picture here and saying, I just agree with what the WWE did. Because if you look at the lay of the land and we're not doing brand only pay-per-views anymore. Okay. There's no reason for SmackDown to have a mid card. Anymore, like not, they just you know they were they didn't do a good job of having a mid card when they had their own brand pay per views anyway. So when I'm watching Raw on Monday and I see you know again uh, guys that I generally maybe don't particularly care for you know like Dolph Ziggler or something and or like Natalia going to Raw, I'm like you know what okay yeah, it's a lot of dead weight. It seems at the surface going over Raw, but it makes sense because it's a three hour show, and you almost just have to send these people to Raw because you know, if you've got a writing team on SmackDown that hasn't really used them, maybe doesn't want to use them, well, it just it's logical to go to Raw just to maybe get something out of them, breathe some new life. So with SmackDown, I figured Look, you've got a tag team division. You've got a woman's division. You only need like eight or nine guys at the top. And that's it. Just make sure they're all pretty strong. And that's what they did. And and uh, I, I completely agree with how the WWE shook up the two rosters. You just, you know, kind of take all the, you know, leftovers from SmackDown, put them on Raw. You know, Vince is high on Corbin. Maybe you can get something on out of him. Uh you know, I think Jinder might thrive on Raw. I know people are going to roll their eyes at that, but there's certainly a lot of upward mobility there. Um, I think it, what they did made sense for both shows. I don't think Raw necessarily lost. They took a lot of guys that we don't
1: like from SmackDown, but I don't call that a loss mm-hmm. necessarily. I think I think what you're saying really makes sense too in the context of what i wrote in the column because i said um a lot of the guys going to raw were kind of like rehab projects whereas Mm -hmm. like they had kind of bottomed out You did say that yeah yeah they kind of bottomed out or you know they weren't as they weren't riding as high as maybe they were in the past or they're just like consistent mid carters whereas the guys that went to smackdown are more guys that can main event now or hot names right now which I didn't really think of it the way that you put it, Kyle. But that makes sense because yeah, you're right. On SmackDown, you got the shorter show. It's it's harder to be a, a mid Carter and make a difference on the show. Whereas Raw has the the extra hour. They got more time, and it makes more sense for Raw to be the show where you kind of rehab guys and you turn them into something again.
2: Kyle Ross trying to apply logic to pro wrestling. He's just the worst. I'm telling you. <laughs> Love the
0: sport.
1: Were were your thoughts, Justin, that, that SmackDown came out on top right away?
2: Well, I mean, now that Kyle's kind of ruined the whole Mark aspect of it, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I i I definitely thought they came out with well, I'll put it this way: they came out with the superstars I'm more interested in watching. Um, my biggest takeaway: the shocker is the tag team division on smackdown and the fact that for one they didn't break up the usos and new day and I, I just i don't know where all that's going especially when you bring over the bar and uh the good brothers who i mean obviously i think uh um hardcore fans have a higher opinion of than uh, the wwe does mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean samoa joe i we, I, You know, in what's lost in this, I think a little bit is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going to Raw. I think those are probably the two biggest stars that actually moved. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm interested in what they're going to do. Um, yeah. We're going to see. As
1: far as the tag team ranks, too, you also got Sanity called up. So that's another team in the tag team division on SmackDown that can do some things. Uh, I was, you know, pre- pretty pleasantly surprised when I saw that Almas had been called up with Zelina Vega, because I think there's some big time things ahead for yes. those two on SmackDown. Yes, um, you got the Miz on SmackDown now, who is, as we talked about in the show, constantly one of the best heels presently and and maybe ever in the company. Uh, Jeff Hardy's pretty hot right now. Joe is really on a different level right now since his return man that promo he cut on roman reigns was excellent on the night after wrestlemania uh his promo on smackdown if you're looking to
0: eviscerate roman reigns especially especially if you want to make sure roman reigns isn't going to get over like you want him to (laughs) that is a great promo by samoa joe yeah
1: uh we're gonna have probably eventually after the whole thing with nakamura wraps up which by the way nakamura reinventing reinventing himself i think kyle Love is, shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> kyle is doing, now on the shinsuke bandwagon doing the best work of his career the last two weeks <laughs> the wow. low
0: blows amazing the, the lo- I may actually vote in Meltzer's Awards at the end of 2018, and my favorite move is going to be Shinsuke Nakamura punching AJ Styles in the balls. <laughs> There's
1: just no better move in pro wrestling right The now. way he just holds it and the facials he makes are yes. just hilarious. He, he just loves punching AJ Styles in the freaking Jacobs, man. <laughs> you know what I could not stop thinking about is how we've talked about this on the show with Shinsuke when, when he was a face about how... He shouldn't be talking. He shouldn't be doing interviews because it makes him look goofy. The fans don't connect. But the way they're doing it now is a heel on Tuesday night where he did the no speak English. Freaking perfect. I love that. That was just amazing. I couldn't help but think back to our conversations here. Yeah, It's funny, and I'll throw it to you guys. Looking
0: back, it's only been, what now, two weeks? Not even? Is Nakamura's heel turn... You know, is dis you know, everyone the big story coming out of Styles Nakamber, oh what a disappointing match. But is his heel turn, storyline wise, maybe the most relevant thing to come out of WrestleMania? In terms of like, oh, if you missed WrestleMania, like this was kind of like a notable change in the narrative of something. Like really when you think about it, nothing else that happened at that. Show. I mean, you could talk about Roman not winning, but that's a negative. I think we can talk Same about that Asuka. one later. But y- yeah, or Oscar, As- or you're right, Oscar's streak. But in terms of something that's had a positive impact on the company that happened that night, I think you got to go with the Nakamura heel turn right now.
2: Yeah, definitely. It, it, it breathed new life into him for sure.
0: And something else I want to bring up, too, that I think it's totally unfair to, like, evaluate which brand won this right now. Man, we got two pay-per-views coming up in a real short span that are kind of goofy. Because you've got Raw and SmackDown guys opposing each other on these shows. Kind of some lame duck matches. I don't think you can properly evaluate this thing until after Backlash and see what the long-term direction is. I mean, that's kind of what I want to get into on the show is kind of taking inventory of the rosters and where we think this will go. Because, you know, again, yeah, I think SmackDown's got the capability to have a lot of great TV matches every week with that roster. But where do they go? Where does Raw go? I, I think that's the interesting thing. At this time last year, we knew what the title matches were going to be at WrestleMania and New York. That's what they wound up being, Reigns and Lesnar, Styles and Nakamura. Right now, I don't think we know what the big money matches are for WrestleMania. I mean, okay, you can talk about Rousey, but as far as the men's world title matches, you know, your guess is as good as mine. I would assume Reigns would be a factor on Raw and Dave O'Brien on SmackDown, but, you know, there's, there's room for guys to step up.
1: Yeah, I think the interesting thing about the direction is going to be where they go with Joe because everyone's going to be anticipating this Joe Styles match as on fire as Joe is right now, but Nakamura and Styles have this program going on that they can't turn off right now.
0: So, and um, and Joe is booked to work Reigns at Backlash. Right. In what could be potentially a lame duck raw or universal title match, depending on what happens with Reigns and Lesnar at greatest
1: Royal Rumble ever. Do we think Do we think Reigns is going to win the title? What are your guys' thoughts on that? The long pause.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I just... I think... God, what was it? It was like a... I don't know if it was six months ago or whatnot, but Kyle said that he wished... They would just pull the trigger, give him his, his run, which, you know, now I'm at the same point. Actually, no, I'm not at the same point. I'm I'm at the point where it's like, I'm, you had your chances. You need to move on. You need to change something with Roman Reigns. I'm tired of the fans shitting on him and ruining my, you know, viewing of wrestling. But if I had to put money on it, yeah, I, I think Brains is going to win the title. I guess.
0: I don't know because this is the way they've done it is so poor. In that, the way that Mania match was booked, there was no reason to do this rematch. And again, the booking is doing Roman Reigns no favors here because it's basically like, well, the promotion is just giving him another shot. Yeah. And I, I just don't like this setup at all. I mean, they really, really, really should have just pulled the trigger at WrestleMania. And I don't know. Really? I, I Does it make sense? I mean, what do you do with Brock Lesnar then? I guess
1: if he has more than one match left on his deal, doesn't I mean, it? Yeah. Doesn't it almost feel like if Reigns wins the title, they're kind of wasting an opportunity at this point like we've talked about that if the if the time has passed with Reigns the way they've delayed it and delayed it and delayed it when Brock finally drops this title he's had it so long that it is going to be a huge moment is it a waste to have Reigns be on the receiving end at this point I don't know who the person
0: is then that beats I,
1: I don't Lesnar
0: if it's not Reigns I, I they've really put themselves into a corner I, I mean the more and more I think about it you know, I guess I'm not answering your question at all, which was a very fair and good question to ask. Who do you think is going to win that match? When I think about that question, all I think about is how dumb it was what they did at WrestleMania. <laughs> That's my answer. I, I, I don't know. It was dumb what they did at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and now there's no good answer to that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm pretty much right where you guys are, though. I. I like Reigns. I've been sold on Reigns over the last six six months or so. Uh, just like Justin, I'm, I'm tired of the fan reaction, and I wish he'd just kind of get the title, get the run, get it out of the way, see what happens. But at the same time, man, just so many delays that I, I just don't see how it can work as presently constructed. I felt like it could maybe work with the win in Mania, but, man, after they beat him there, I just I don't see it anymore. They, they've got to have some kind of crazy change. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't know what they're gonna do.
0: The thing is, I do assume Roman Reigns is gonna end up as the universal champion. Oh yeah. And I and I assume it's going to be the same thing where, you know, he's a baby face being rejected by the majority of the fans. And what's interesting is looking at the roster, there are not a lot of heel strong heels on the Raw side. I know Justin mentioned, you know, they did get Owens and Zane. Look. <laughs> I do not want to see them as the featured heels on a brand again. That was Smackdown was bad with them in that role. I don't, I certainly
2: don't want to see them as the foils of Roman reigns for God's sake. Please wow. do. Not Kyle do Ross, that.
1: heel turn, Kyle Ross, heel turn right here on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think Dean Ambrose would be a, a solid top heel on raw when he comes. That's what a, that's funny. I had that in my notes down the line he's an X factor right now
0: because he could come back at a time where Roman's the universal champion, Seth's the IC champion. And where does he, does he turn heel on one or both of them? I I think there is some logic there and I can see that happening.
1: Mm -hmm. What if we get a Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins universal versus IC champion match at SummerSlam? I could see that. Well, the thing is, that's funny is, is, Shallow as the heel side, I think, is on Raw. This
0: babyface side is deep. You got Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, your boy Finn Balor. I mean, that's a strong top five. Uh, Bobby Roode, by the way, you know we've been beating this drum forever. My God, you know, given the lay of the land that we're kind of talking here, he really needs to turn heel now because yeah. he's got no chance to be a major player on the babyface side. But there's certainly room for him to grow, were he to turn heel,
1: and he's an uninteresting babyface to boot. So, yeah, I think I think Bobby Lashley has lost a lot in just the week he's been back. I think ah, he, I think he I think he is a he's quite a bit below some of those other names that you mentioned. I already uh, sense that the interest is dying in Bobby Lashley. I don't I don't know what Justin's thoughts are on that, but uh, I I don't see a lot of interest in Bobby Lashley personally.
2: Bobby Lashley happened while I was kind of out on wrestling back in like what was that like uh wrestlemania twenty three three mm-hmm. wasn't yep. really paying attention back then and i I don't watch t n a so like for somebody as an observer who doesn't know anything about him he he doesn't do a lot for me yet.
1: Suppose a lot of people thought he was going to be wrestling Lesnar because they both had the MMA stuff, but apparently that is not in the plans at all. So
0: well, that was according to Dave. I mean, you know, stick to the bios, Dave, sometimes.
1: You know, so. <laughs> well, I, I do think though, but I do think Bobby Lashley is definitely a tier below uh like Rollins and Balor, for example, oh, the names that you've mentioned. Uh, I don't,
0: Rollins sure. is probably
1: doing the best work of his career right now. I gotta yeah. say that. Like Seth
0: had a problem, you know, the the way they did the baby face turn. Was clunky initially. You know that they didn't. You know, remember like they tried to get the fans to boo him really hard when he came back. Mm-hmm. This was like two years ago when they first did the brand split, and then they wound up turning him babyface two months later. It was real clunky. He had issues initially connecting, I, and I think it was kind of personality wise. But he, right now, he's never been better, in my opinion. Seth Rollins. I, I, I think, think his Bob, twenty
1: his twenty fifteen is pretty hard to top, though, don't you think? I didn't I didn't like him in that heel role at all but I, as far I as like his work in the ring man he was carrying those shows
0: I think he's do. I, yeah he had uh, I, I think his work this year's but he's had some great tv matches man
1: yeah yeah
0: I, I, I just to me right now as an all-around performer I think Seth Rollins is at his best right now as we speak
1: and going on to Lashley sorry to interrupt you what were you gonna say
0: I, he did get better in, in it in tna he did yeah. he, he, it's funny it's just like drew mcintyre he was a guy pushed too hard too soon in wwe then they gave up well La- actually that's not fair lashley was a different situation he quit but you know
1: he got better i i expect big things from bobby lashley personally but you don't you don't think that the fan interest in bobby lashley is close to rollins or balor at this moment do you I don't know. I think it's grossly unfair to make that comment after two weeks. Well, I don't. I think it'd be unfair to make it several weeks from now. But right now, I I just don't think he can possibly be on that level just because he's been gone for so long. Virtually nobody watches TNA wrestling. And sorry to any of our listeners that watch it. I'm not. I'm not bashing it. It's just the fact like not many people watch Impact wrestling. I, uh, I think if I think if done right, his ceiling can be higher than both of those guys. Okay, but at this moment. He's, he's not on that level. Like, Balor is massively popular with the audience, regardless of things that have been said on this podcast. He is. We we saw that in New Orleans. Justin walking down Bourbon Street in that Balor Club hoodie everywhere. Comments on Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor is super popular with the crowd. His time on the main roster definitely has been disappointing uh, since uh, coming back from the injury. But I think he's, he's recouped a lot of uh, his... Uh, Popularity and, and momentum in recent weeks. So
0: it, it kind of sucks for him because, like I said, he's a guy who really could use one of those secondary titles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's really, really mm-hmm. hard to argue against Seth Rollins right now uh, because he's he's more over than Finn Balor. Oh, Finn Rollins. Market. Yeah, I think Rollins
1: yeah. is too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think. You're right, though, as far as uh, like the heel face dynamic, the, the heels on Raw definitely leave a little bit to <laughs> a well, little bit to be desired. I, I want to bring this back to
0: something because we kind of left something open. A Justin made a comment to me when I when I pooh poohed the idea of Owens and Zane on top opposing Reigns, he said he, he made some comment about me doing a heel turn there. And I kind of <laughs> wanted to
1: know what he meant by that.
2: Oh, well, as a Mark.
1: I, <laughs> I like how I, you're taking on the, the, the resident Mark uh, storyline now.
2: Yeah, I'm going to own it. I, I already pinned that badge on my uh, on my uh, Boy Scout shirt or wh- however that works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Next to the Tiger Cup badge on the other side.
2: Yeah. um, I think those are guys that...
1: God, you can't possibly want them at the top of another brand.
2: Absolutely. I mean, oh,
1: God, here we go. Uh, Pandora's <laughs> box has been opened. Oh, my goodness. Here we go.
2: How, how are you not entertained <laughs> by those two? The, those two, to I, me, I, like, you were complaining about them being on SmackDown when they were the only thing making it interesting to watch. Oh, God, they were Even if that this, a drag. No, oh, they, man. no, that no was way. so bad in that dude, global. no, that that was who was ever writing the story I think they were making the most out of that, that segment with, with the mistrage on Monday was fantastic. And Sammy reading Stephanie's oh, note, no, that was that, good. But I'm, yeah, but I, I mean, we're me, talking about these performers, right? What are you talking about?
0: I'm talking about their awful six months on SmackDown as the lead heel, as the
2: lead heels. And I don't think that can be on them. That's not on them. Like I think they they made that watchable.
1: Ugh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to lean towards Justin's side on this one. I I, I have really liked it. I think Sammy Zayn has been freshened up a lot by the heel train. I hate them as heel. Kevin Owens needs should be a baby
0: face, in my opinion. I, I just I that he's another guy to my dying day needs to be a baby face. The 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 problem with Owens and Zayn is heels. First of all, they did what I didn't what I knew they were going to do, and I think it's such lazy storytelling, and this is not Owens and Zane's fault, in that they had them lose, you know, they had them in a stipulation where if you lose, you're fired, but they just go to Raw.
1: That's like so fucking lame. I, I, got, a, I got a hard disagreement with you on Kevin Owens. and You think Kevin Owens should be a face? Yes. Oh. Because, the, because here's the thing, the crowd didn't want them to leave the show,
0: but they get cheered. I, I think they're playing what they think is a good heel, but the crowd likes Kevin Owens and Sami.
1: Yeah, but we well, we can't we can't say that and then turn around and say the crowd reaction doesn't matter with Roman Reigns.
0: Oh, I, I think it does.
1: <laughs> it does. It does matter because I mean, we have said with Roman Reigns though that like they wouldn't turn him heel, but it doesn't really matter because they don't really see heels and faces anymore. They just want a reaction. So then we can't criticize Kevin Owens for that. I think it's different with reigns of that position i think they they view reigns as
0: like john cena they want kevin owens and Sami Zayn to be traditional heels
1: yeah i and think i don't go ahead, i Seth. don't think they're great Matt Roll. role i don't man i think owens is such a good heel i gotta disagree well, i think I, I, if to me okay go back and watch um when brian the night brian announced he was returning to the ring and when owens and zane attacked him just just watch owens in that segment he is so good he is such a good heel the way like his his facial reactions and the way uh, he was like tormented at what he was doing to brian but like he uh, knew he had to do it and he was pulling his hair out and uh, oh my god he was so good that night so good if it was not for daniel Bryan,
0: i wouldn't have gave two rats patooies about that segment
1: oh you don't think you don't think owens was great in that segment I thought he was unbelievable.
0: No. I, Daniel Bryan, I think, brought all the
1: heat. <laughs> but but the way that Owens acted out the the whole he thing, he did this. He did the same thing the week before with Shane McMahon, and
0: no one really cared.
1: No, I mean the way the way they built it up though, the intricacies with this program was that they had this history. These were the guys that were like the king of the Indies, and then the way that I just loved it—the way that they were on the well, same there was a page lot of there was a lot of retconning like and it, they
0: made it work in the end because Daniel Bryan wrestled. But I think on a week to week, the storytelling was made no sense and was not an enjoyable watch.
1: Yeah, but that's not, I mean, again, that's not on Kevin Owens. That's the writing team. That's, that's your I, I, boy, the road dog. It, it, oh, you didn't know. And, <laughs> and look, I'll be honest with you. Kevin Owens
0: has been the lead heel on the inferior show. Both years. Like, when SmackDown was better than Raw, Kevin Owens was the lead heel on Raw. When Raw was better than SmackDown, Kevin Owens was the lead
1: heel on SmackDown. But I, I always, kind of like Justin was saying, though, I feel like that goes beyond Kevin. I feel like Kevin Owens was the only thing worth watching on the shows at the time. Like, he was carrying SmackDown, and on Raw, he, he was the best part of Raw when Raw was down, too. I feel like it was more the, about what was around him. But shouldn't the show be better, then, if he's good? Well, imagine I, it without I, him.
2: The festival of friendship was one of the greatest yeah, raw moments of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was, well, I mean, it, you know, that might be a little strong, but it was very good. Yes, it was well built too. I mean, because it was something that took time and whatnot. But I don't know. I, I just, I do not want to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on top opposing Roman. That to me is actually the least appealing. When I look at these names on Raw, that's the least appealing
2: thing that you could probably do. Man, I can't wait to choke slam Kyle Ross next time I see him. I'll tell you what.
0: I will tell you, I'll tell you who I can't wait to see in, in that top heel role is is a is a Jinder Mayhall or a Baron Corbin. Those
1: are guys who I I'm rooting for. Oh, at you have superstar shake up. You have got to be doing a bit at this point. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I, actually, I actually think
0: believe it or not, I, I, the, the, all right, part of that was performance art. But legitimately, I think if when you look at potential winners on raw from the superstar shakeup, those are the two names that I, that I, if you're looking for guys who stand to gain the most on raw post shakeup, those are the names I would legitimately submit to you. They say Vince is high on Corbin. Maybe he, cause they weren't, I mean, Jinder was doing stuff on SmackDown. Obviously he kind of had his spot, but Corbin was doing nothing. And, you know, I, Those two guys are going to get pushed because when you look at this heel side beyond Brock Lesnar, man, there isn't there just isn't much like Elias. okay, he's over and people like his spots, but there's a ceiling to that act, I think. And beyond the guys we've mentioned, I mean, you got Mojo Rawley, again, a guy who it's good that he moved because he wasn't doing anything on SmackDown. But after that, I mean, they just don't they don't have anyone on the heel side.
1: You you wouldn't really rather see Jinder Mahal as the top heel versus Kevin Owens, would you?
0: I'll tell you what. People always talk about, oh, these casual fans. You know, I know what these casual fans want. Let me tell you something. You know who was very intrigued by Jinder Mahal? My wife. Actually went to Wikipedia. <laughs> when we're wa- We watched that Jeff Hardy-Jinder Mahal match, which, by the way, was very good on Raw, I thought. That was the, a really good TV match. And... Her comments. Her comments on the when the match started were, "Jeff Hardy, she didn't know. She's like that guy looks like Vanilla Ice crossed with a magician, and Ginder looks like one of your action figures in the basement. People want hard body Gender man. I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> then why didn't they buy the tickets in India to see him? I don't know. <laughs> I I just I can't believe you would actually. You can't obviously think that. Jinder Mahal, the ceiling's higher for him than Kevin Owens. Do you? No,
0: no okay. but I think I think Jinder is a better modern heel than Kevin Owens. Okay, okay. I Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is a better all-around performer. I see. I see big things. Like if they would make Kevin Owens into an everyman babyface, and they wouldn't even this. This is my point about Kevin Owens as a heel. If they made him a baby face and said you're a baby face now and he didn't change hardly any of his current shtick i think it would be infinitely more enjoyable if he was presented in a in a a, as a baby face instead of a heel with all like the jokes and stuff you know like again i've brought this up before when you heal on michael cole you're not being a heel you're being a baby face
1: yeah, I think he's kind of in between there, though. They, I think they know that the uh, the internet crowd loves Kevin Owens, but they don't care. He still plays a heel. Ca- I think, I don't know. I think I think as a as a his best work is as a heel character. I just I, I can't imagine him really as as a as a babyface. I just can't I can't see. I him. would lo- every man
0: babyface. You know, hey, he looks like the people in the crowd, man. <laughs> and
1: there's nothing wrong with that. You want man, him really. to be Dusty Rhodes? You're saying yes. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, should we talk about the women's division? That was kind of on our agenda, Raw and SmackDown, because the SmackDown women's division is loaded right now. Absolutely loaded when you add Asuka to the mix. You got her and Charlotte on that side together. You got Becky Lynch, who criminally underutilized, but she's still there. Right? Uh, Raw, Alexa Bliss, obviously, very good. Got Nia Jax (laughs) holding the title uh a lot of talk about alexa bliss on twitter.com today what was that what's that about i saw something i saw like some
0: tweet she made but i'm not bringing it up publicly i don't want to be wrong
1: i don't want to get sued oh god
2: you've already turned heel this podcast you just as well say it
1: (laughs) i have no idea i actually have no idea it all you got to do is do some searching and you'll find out what i'm talking about All right, we'll just leave that hanging for our listeners to Google themselves and see. Yes. It. Well, what do you think, though? Raw and SmackDown, the women's divisions. Uh, they move Mandy Rose, your girl, over to SmackDown to reunite with Paige. Um, who, by the way, Mandy has been looking a lot better in the ring of late since when she was first called up, I think. She's been doing a, a lot better job. Um, so we got the Riot Squad moving over to Raw. Your thoughts? I was...
0: I was a little surprised that they didn't with Paige kind of backing away from absolution and just being the GM. I'm surprised they didn't split up Sonya and Mandy, to be honest with you. I, I thought that that was a time to do it, but it'll be interesting to see if they kind of link them still to her in the GM role. Now that they're on the same brand. I think both women's uh, rosters are in pretty good shape, quite frankly. Um, You know, I think the interesting thing is that NXT is pretty barren right now with all the call ups that have taken place over the last, you know, year to 18 months. My God, I mean, you know, that was kind of the scuttlebutt, you know, when people are like, oh, Nikki Cross isn't coming up with the rest of Sanity. I think they just need some capable bodies
1: down there to challenge Shayna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I think the men's roster is loaded in NXT, but yeah, the women's roster is very depleted. You're right. Um, but but let me bring let me bring that roster back up here and let me
0: because I was actually surprised they didn't move Sasha and Bailey both to SmackDown because of like how it's sort of you know the best friends former best friends now feuding is essentially a copycat of the feud on top on Raw Nia and Alexa. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really hamstrung Sasha and Bailey, quite frankly. I I was expecting them to maybe move over to SmackDown, so um, I think they actually might. If anyone's quote unquote hurt by the superstar shakeup, it might be them by staying on Raw.
1: Yeah, that's true. They still haven't done the Bailey heel turn that we were so sure they were going to do. Hasn't happened. Yeah. And, and you know, are they Ember Moon? Where does she
0: be? Where does she fit in right now? I mean, she's kind of being positioned as strong. I would imagine her to be in the title mix um, moving forward. That's another name uh, on Raw that, you know, I mean, you know. It, it's hard
1: for me to imagine her working Naya in a babyface program. Yeah. Well, I, I could totally see them on SmackDown when you, when you talked about Sonya and Mandy. Um, yeah, doing kind of a similar... St- a similar storyline in nature of, like, the two best friends breaking up that that they did with Alexa and Naya. Because if you follow oh, wow. Sonia and Mandy on, like, Instagram or Twitter or anything, they travel everywhere together. They live together. So, eventually, that's definitely going to be a thing is they're going to split for sure. But it's I think they'll lot draw that out a, lot, a long time. That's
0: a lot of best friends splitting up, especially because we haven't even mentioned the key name on the Raw women's side, Ronda Rousey. Hello. yeah. They're very clearly going to do a thing where Natty tur- Natty Neidhart turns on her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that, that 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 looks to be her next program, which is, I guess, something to do a placeholder for. It's kind of underwhelming in, in terms of Ronda Rousey, but whatever. I mean, Natty, I guess, is someone they can trust to work with her at this point and get kind of a, a competent match at this stage of the game.
1: Yeah. I think I think uh I think I'd I'd rate the Smackdown roster of women slightly ahead, but I think both I think the women's side on both is pretty strong. I would agree.
0: Well, I think SmackDown you can see where they're going more. I mean you've got Carmella as the champion, she just beat Charlotte, you know, again, you know, yeah, I can smell them oh you didn't know six man tags coming with Becky Charlotte Naska against Carmella and the iconics. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Naomi's kind of the wild card. I, I did. Oof, I, I I have I don't really know how I feel about her, you know, kind of being the uneasy, you know, significant other to the that that, that didn't do a lot of favors to the Usos. That angle, I didn't think. Mm hmm when she came down and was like all concerned in that bludgeon brothers match, I don't know if that's the best use of Naomi. And I certainly don't know if it does the Usos any favors, but raw, I don't know where they go with the title, to be honest with you. I, I, I told, you know, on the WrestleMania preview show, I said, I thought they should have stretched. They should have waited for Naya to win. They should stretch that out because, you know, now they're just going to do rematches with Alexa. And I don't think Alexa should win the title back. So that's whatever. And then I don't know who, Who's Nia's program after Alexa Bliss? I guess is the question.
1: Hmm. I guess I guess they could do like Ruby Riot eventually, but not right now. I I have no idea. That's a, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing one that jumps out at me right now.
0: I don't know, Justin. I mean, I miss. I mean, is it is it going to be you know girl mickey james i mean it, it, it ain't gonna be alicia fox i'm telling you that much after no. some of her wrestling shenanigans
2: yeah i got nothing the, the row Ra- well i mean bailey and sasha one of them could maybe grab it i mean
0: yeah i get. i mean i that that's the real wild card on the raw side where they go with the bailey sasha thing because it's fluttered the match Got off to a real shaky start Monday night when Bailey blew that spot. Like my eyes closed, I said, "Oh fuck, these two are in trouble now." <laughs> but they they kind of got him back, and then you know they did the thing with the Riot Squad. So you know, that's sort another of thing. I don't know. Like the Riot Squad attacked them both. So how does that? It, the Raw does not have the sort of easy to view path that SmackDown does.
1: No, I think. Again, there's not the you don't have the heels to work against Nia. Like outside of Alexa Bliss, you don't have credible heels to really get title shots. And it's another reason why Bailey as a heel would be really good right now. Because yeah, you're right. Nia just doesn't have anyone to work with. It's I think Ruby was established fairly well in that feud with with Charlotte on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could see her kind of being like a stopgap. Yeah, but otherwise you're looking at face-face programs constantly with naya so i don't know we'll have to see we will have to see where it goes so uh anything else on the superstar shakeup you guys wanted to discuss didn't really hit the tag team situation here i think i think uh well, we talked yeah we talked smackdown being very strong we didn't really talk raw
0: yeah i mean i here's the thing that i talked about with those you know kind of <laughs> we've got these two pay-per-views coming up um, and, and you've got some odd matchups in the wake of the superstar shakeup. The raw tag team title match in Saudi Arabia is like the most lame duck thing ever because the bar is in it, but they're on Smackdown. yeah, so you so like Hardy and Wyatt are obviously winning, which makes sense. It's not like you know I, they shouldn't win, but they're obviously winning. and but I don't know how long term that is. Authors of pain are probably the long term ant or I wouldn't say probably. I would almost say definitely the long-term answer is Raw Tag Champions there. Well, I think that that, that that's pretty easy to deduce,
2: in my opinion. The, the thing is, is with the matchups at the Greatest Royal Roy Rumble and Backlash, there's all sorts of ways for WWE to mix and match titles. Well, I guess outside of the tag teams, that'd be weird to have the SmackDown titles on Raw, which, you know what, now that I think about it, why not? Let's just do that.
0: Well, yeah, but the problem is they have the belts colored and stuff. Like, I, it just, I don't know. I I, it, I feel that there was not a ton of quality control in some of that thought process. It's really weird that the bar, like, asked, you know, for this title
1: to get their titles back, and then they'd be shipped off. That kind of actually makes no sense. Yeah. Well, hey, man, they can always change that leather on the titles. Just look at the Ultimate Warrior and his title rents. Always That's had to do a different color. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying is the greatest Royal Rumble is kind of a dud as a card then because of some of the matches just being. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't. Well, I think some stuff on the undercard. I
0: expect at least one of the either the Universal or the WWE title to change hands on that show because Nakamura has to win the title to justify the heel turn. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, so I could see that happening. I could see still see Reigns beating Lesnar. So, I mean, it's it's probably one or both. And then, you know, you've got some big matches. <laughs> this Undertaker-Rusev situation.
1: Is Rusev is be... back. He's back in the match, baby. Yeah, that's
0: very interesting. They're still shoehorning him into that heel role. <laughs> that's a guy who should not be a heel. Again, another guy. Should be a babyface.
1: I agree on that one for sure, 100%. Well, I don't know who wouldn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess... It, it is a good card. It's just we've been saying like the match results seem fairly obvious for some of the matches, but then again, you never know. We thought the same thing going into WrestleMania, and look what we ended up with. So,
0: yeah, I mean because the IC title has guys from both brands, and yeah. they might be adding Lashley to it. I, I I just read before we went on the air, and then the US title is a SmackDown and Raw guy again. You know, it's it's Jinder and Jeff Hardy. So. Mm-hmm. they're probably almost certainly not changing that title.
1: Right.
2: Unless they do.
0: (laughs) That is true. Unless they do. I I mean, I guess maybe there is no point to have a second I mean, I talked about it. There's no point to having a mid-card on SmackDown anymore. Maybe they just put both mid-card titles on
1: Raw. I I don't think they're going to do that, but stranger things have happened. Yeah. Well, the other thing... We never talked about guys that I thought about on the show last week after we signed off. We never even talked about the Andre the Giant documentary. And I know we could probably go on for like a half hour about it. But we never even discussed it last week. And I don't know how that happened. I'm I'm assuming... I know Justin's seen it. Kyle, have you seen it? Yep. Yep. Were, were you as impressed as we were? Uh, yeah, it was good. I, I mean, I didn't...
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the least surprising reaction I've ever
0: heard. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, no, it was good. It was it was real good. I mean, I wasn't like blown away by it or anything. I or really else. liked.
1: I mean, you you had your typical Hulk Hogan just bullshitting stories. <laughs> like like, there's <laughs> no freaking way he went to WrestleMania three not knowing if he was gonna win or not as he's in the ring. I know that's that's shameful. I mean, Hulk, just <laughs>
0: stop it. Uh, and, and of course, you had Vince McMahon just you know talking about what an epic event it was when Andre farted. That was the other. Real gem oh, there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I compl- I think I blocked that out of my memory. That was so,
0: somebody should have asked them. You know, who had this? Was it more epic when Andre farted or when Natty farted? I think <laughs> that that should have been the follow up question. I think. Oh. To that. oh god. Yeah. You know, but but in all honesty, do you know what kind of hurt the documentary for me going into it? Because I didn't watch it live. Is that there was such a negative reaction on my Twitter timeline to David Shoemaker yeah i had the same thing yeah yeah i was rolling my eyes every time he talked Mm -hmm. so like you know god bless the guy you know i think there's just some of it is there's a lot of people on twitter who think they know more and they probably do know more they could do a better job than shoemaker but
1: whatever david shoemaker's friends with bill simmons and bill simmons made the documentary so there you go I'm not I am not a, a shoemaker hater myself. I do see that on Twitter quite a bit though too. So I, I thought of it as I was watching it. So listeners, that is your assignment this week. Check out some Bruno Sam Martino on the WWE Network and get access to HBO somehow and check out the Andre the Giant documentary. Oh I got an assignment too. Go ahead. Googling Alexa Bliss. Okay, that's that's one, <laughs> but I have
0: a second one that's a little more fun. So I was as I was doing prep work for this show. I had uh, WCW Saturday Night on. I've been trying to go through those that they just uploaded to the network from '92. I, I really like that time period from WCW, even though it was doing terrible business and there were booking issues. But there, so they were doing this guest host gimmick to start the show, like some real wild cards, like Jason Hervey, who is one of the all time worst, uh, gives one of the most all time bad commentary performances on his show. But Randy Owen from the country group, Alabama is on one. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And and he honestly did the best of any of the guest hosts, but they would always do these like sit down segments. They'd bring one of the top guys out and they'd just interview him, and they, and it, They try to like play it up like kind of like a, you know, an interview like you'd see on a talk show. Well, anyway, they brought Rick Rude out and I shit you not. The first question Randy Owen asks Rick Rude is, you know, Rick, I'm a big wrestling fan. I followed your career. I just got to ask you one question. Why did you leave the WWF? (laughs) Like I wasn't paying attention and I just shot up. I'm like, Did did Randy (laughs) Owen just fucking ask about the WWF? And Rude, it it was obviously a planted question uh, because, you know, Rude just immediately buries the WWF. He's like, yeah, I'm the U.S. champion here. I got world title shots when I was the Intercontinental title champion there. They would never let me wrestle the world champion. And so that was funny. And then they started asking. It it got better. They started asking, like, they, they went into the crowd to have people ask Rude questions. One woman basically just asked what she had to do to sleep with Rick Ruth, which was incredible television. (laughs) And then they were doing this angle at the time where Ricky Steamboat was like, was not the family man that he claimed he was. And this obviously planted fan, like Missy Hyatt, goes up to her and she goes, oh, here's a fan who has a question. And this lady's like, I just want to say that I had an affair with Ricky Steamboat. Oh, God. And this, this other woman comes out.
1: You too? I had an affair with Ricky Steamboat. They start calling each other sluts. Oh. What, what month of 92 is this for the I listeners? Believe
0: it was May 2nd. It was the episode where Austin and Barry Windham wrestled for the TV title. You have to watch Randy Owen, guest host on WCW Saturday. This was one of
1: the most incredible segments I've ever seen in professional wrestling <laughs> history. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. All right, guys. Well, I think I think we're on that note. We're going to take it home. You've got some list. You've got some not listening. Some watching to do on the WWE Network for next week to get ready for the show. Maybe we'll address some of these topics. Justin, any closing comments before we sign off for the night?
2: There's nothing that I could say that would top that
1: Kyle rant <laughs> there at the end. <laughs> Tremendous. Let's take it home. You know, one thing you could say. Grab a hold. Tell a story. Okay. I love this sport. (laughs) We have a t-shirt, you guys. Kyle's, eh, you wouldn't probably know it's kind of an inside thing, but grab a hold, tell a story. Kyle loves the quote. We have it on a t-shirt. You can get it at shop.spreadshirt.com slash rope nation, which by the way, we also have Top Rope nation t-shirts there. Pins, all kinds of stuff. Check it out. Some good stuff. Um, They're always running sales. It'll come across the top banner on the page if there's anything on sale. So check it out. And uh, as always, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like what you hear. Check out the archives on topropenation.com, and we will be back with you next week.